Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this season by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter, and I am sure a lot of people, (laughs) if they didn't know it, they know it. I am on Twitter. My name is Jordan Eggleston. I am JW Eggleston7 on Twitter. (laughs) And I am Jeffrey the Greek. And Jeffrey the Greek, thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. That uh, choppy but yet amusing intro uh, might be a precursor on how this podcast will go. We technically got done a little bit earlier. Let's see, it is a, a 8.57 in the p.m. Central Standard Time. Knocking on 10 o'clock at night for my guy Jordan here. Uh, but we decided to go ahead and get this one out. Probably could have done it easier uh, the wife, kids, and I did Christmas decorations. We had a big day today. Woke up, family pictures, cut down the tree. I know. And we were. Oh, man, you have full Griswold. Full, <laughs> full Griswold. But I I was, I cut, I took the tree out of the back of my pickup truck, put it in water outside, ran downstairs to start the 11 o'clock, a.k.a. noon games, which, of course, is our Big Ten game of the year week, which Jordan is very excited to talk about. So I, I got it all in, Jordan. Didn't miss a thing. I'm pretty proud of myself. Pretty proud of my wife, too. Mrs. Greek uh, came through hey, with the that, scheduling. That's an accomplishment in itself. I mean, we 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 kind of teased a little boozy Saturday night pod yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, it didn't we got happen. It. We had to get one in, so it's Saturday night. This There's no we did it. the last regular season week. We had to get a little bit of a boozy A little pod. special. It was. It's to, a. You had to cram the Christmas stuff in. You know, family <laughs> stuff still matters. We had to get it all in there, but we're we're making it work. We're we're flying by the seat of our pants here tonight. And Jordan crammed uh, some cocktails down his throat. I think a little bit. So there there is a infamous, still going. There is a infamous uh, Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt podcast where. Kurt Kurt was on the struggle bus so bad <laughs> that he couldn't finish it, and uh, it never made it. It never made production. We had to re-record. It's a bootleg. someday we might find that. That thing. one might have to get sent to me on the off channels. I might have to hear that one. Uh, I have to get Kurt's permission for that. So, um, one of the other things we celebrate uh, this week, we didn't really talk about it much on the last podcast, but I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I had a great Thanksgiving. Jordan, did you have a great Thanksgiving? Absolutely. Anytime with family and food and a yeah. little bit of booze, I'm all about it. That's Good stuff. That's, that's all. I hopefully everybody in the in the Big Ten country enjoyed it. You know, hey, Good anytime stuff. you got football and food, I don't think the Midwest can be unhappy. Like Kirk Ferentz says, all the food you can have, no gifts, hell of a deal, right? That's that's how that Absolutely. goes now. Absolutely. Sign me up any day of the week. And uh, you would think on a day like today, we wouldn't really have big off the field news but we did Michigan State having played their game yesterday and Oregon State having played their game yesterday were able to announce their Michigan State's new head coach right during the middle of the game which I found the timing uh, quite amusing Jonathan Smith uh, will be the new head coach of the Michigan State Spartans this should be probably a Podcast on its own. You're catching us at a bad time, Sparty. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll figure out a way to try to make this up to you. But this is a great hire. We'll just say that real quick. Great coach. Tough for Oregon State. Good for Michigan State. I mean, you look at a guy that took an Oregon State program that 
I mean, it's Oregon State. They've never been the premium program and where they're at. It's a tough location, and he won, and he won yes. a lot of games there. I think it's a good hire. I really think, you know, Michigan State fans, you know, you heard the Urban Meyer talk that everybody – that they wanted, but, I mean, everybody has that make them hang up the phone conversation, but to me, this is a this is, this is a good hire. I think yes. this will work. He's a program guy. He's not a – I'm looking to take the next step guy. I think this is a guy that's going to help build a program, which is what Michigan State is. They're not a, hey, let's go hit the portal and recruit all, all these five stars. We need to build our program. Like what Mark D'Antonio did, I think Jonathan Smith is perfect for what they want. I think it's a good hire. I like it. And I'm I a Michigan fan, and I think it's a good hire. It's a great I hate hire. it because I think right. it's a good hire. Right. Uh, and for the teams in the middle, which my team – is there, you know, middle to upper tier. You would like to see other teams in the middle or upper tier or lower middle tier take steps back to make your Pissed life easier. Life on these right. hires a little bit. But this this is not. This this is a hire that's going to make life difficult probably for everybody if he does what he does cuz here's here's what I'll say. He's a he's already a Big 10 coach. He, what he does His and how style, he does, who yes. he is, oh, 100%. Yes. yes. And then the last thing I would say is poor, poor Oregon State, you know, um, yeah. battled hard versus Oregon, you know, yesterday, you know, like it, it, they get left out in the dead. Now they lose their start coach. It's, it's tough, but or, you but, almost felt like they knew kind of watched yes, a little bit of that game. Like it, it started to feel like once Oregon pulled away in that game, they're like, okay, everybody say they're we're kind of over this. This is, this is, this is real kick in the nuts. We're kind of done with this. But good on Michigan State. Uh, our no, our, one mu- our one mutual friend, Dougie, he seems to be happy if we could use him as the uh, the voice of the fan base. I'm sure other Michigan State fans are happy, too. So let's go ahead and move into the football. We had seven big games this weekend. Rivalry weekend. Two on Black Friday, five today on Saturday the 25th. No promises that I'll get this podcast uh, tonight. It might be Sunday the 26th by the time uh, people get to hear this. First game up. On Black Friday, the battle for the Heroes Trophy. Here we go. Iowa 13, Nebraska 10. The Hawks with 257 yards of total offense to the Huskers. 264. The game reset with this is Iowa kind of stormed out to a 10 nothing lead. I, I think it could have been a very easily 13 nothing to lead, nothing lead, or 14 nothing lead. 16. Yeah, something like that. But uh, kicker missing kicks, which was very uncharacteristic of 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 Iowa kicker Drew Stevens. So as it stood, ten to nothing, and then boom, Chuba Purdy hits a big pass uh, over the top of the Iowa defense. Something that you just don't see to freshman Jalen Lloyd. Just like that, it's ten to seven at halftime. This game's got a whole different feel. That was really the only big thing that Nebraska did all first half. Then coming out of halftime, Iowa had no offense. Nebraska took the game back over, quote unquote, took the game back over, but could only get it to 10 to 10. Then what happened is what I could just say is just a whole bunch of Big Ten West shit. It was the most Big Ten Westy of Big Ten Westy finishes we've ever seen. I mean, oh, our God. buddy Bud Elliott on the Cover 3 podcast said this is the best way to end the Big Ten West. And I, was, I, I tweeted back, and I'm like, you do know yeah. there are more Big Ten West games. And he's like, no, no, this, this is, is the end. But I kind of get it. Like, I understand like, the joke. This but game I, was perfect. But we got to 
another fun one that we could talk oh, about that actually ended it. So, ones, yeah? um, one of the things, if if you can you can back this up that I had said to you was when Nebraska had the ball late in the game, I texted you, not DM, I texted you and said, is it weird that I feel better that Nebraska has the ball right now on offense instead of Iowa? You said, no, I get it. Within seconds of that it was exchange. It was less than a minute. It was less than a minute from when you saw, when I saw that text that all the chaos unfolded. Yes. And with that being Chubba Purdy throwing a pass right to defensive end Ethan Herkett. Directly to Dropping him. back in right coverage. To. I mean, Phil Parker, my gosh, like didn't have his best day, I will say, Phil Parker. But that call there intercepted it. He returns at 20-some-odd yards. Sets up kicker Marshall Meter. Raise your hand, Hawkeye fans, if you knew who Marshall Meter was before this game. You know, and I don't want to besmirch Drew Stevens too much, but the kid was struggling not just on field goals. He missed two. I mean, he had two blocks, but I think they were on him low, two bad kickoffs. That was that was the biggest thing about the block field goals. They they were low. They were low. Like, there, it, there was something funky about them. Like, like correct. One of them was extremely short, so there's no reason for it to be low. And it was just like so that's that's on the kicker at that point. Correct. And tough call by special teams guru Lavar Woods. I of course know the name because I'm a Hawkeye fan. But to pull a bullpen move from a kicker. I'll be honest with you. People are asking about a new kicker, and I'm thinking, this is a road game. I'm not even sure if there is a 100% guarantee that there is another kicker available, but there was. So shout out to to the the Iowa coaches for bringing them on the trip. Walks in, drills the game winner, a short kick, barely gets across. I mean, barely gets across the crossbar. Iowa wins and, and goes into the big 10 championship at, at 10 and two Deacon Hill, not great. Uh, started good, honestly, but finished 11 to 28 for 94 yards, zero touchdowns. I don't know how he didn't have a touchdown uh, in the pick, but team rushing for Iowa, 40 carries 163 yards against what we still believe was a really good Nebraska defense. That was some pretty darn good rushing statistics for, the Iowa Hawkeyes and LeSean Williams to be able to get that many yards versus Nebraska. Yeah, and and none of those rushing rushing yards were like they weren't they weren't easy yards. LeSean Williams had he had several cuts where it was like, oh, that's a nice move, and he found a hole and he wiggled yep. through to get seven yards, and it's like that was tough. And then then he hit another good cut, and it's like, oh, there's the big run. It's just yep. he worked hard for every single one of those. And that Nebraska defense, that run defense, I mean, say what you want about Nebraska. Their run defense is tough, and they they made Iowa work for it. But Iowa was able to do just enough in that rushing game to keep it in their favor. I I mean, essentially, team rushing Iowa, 163 yards, 4.1-yard average. Nebraska, 75 yards on a 2.5-yard average, and then the turnovers. It's been the story. It's been the story all year long for Nebraska. Shout out to the Husker Cuzcast, one of my favorite uh, 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 podcasts, college football podcasts that I do with the cousins. They're awesome. I predicted two turnovers to one, and I said that I don't think it will be a big turnover game type of feel. That's what it 
was. I mean, Nebraska was looser with the ball, I would say. But that third turnover, that's what that Chubba Purdy interception was. So my point I'm trying to make is it it really was a two-to-one turnover game and kept it close, 10-10, to but it was the third kind of bonus extra turnover. That's what did Nebraska in. Unfortunately, they always figure out a way to come up with that turnover in these tight games, and that was the difference in the game and why they lost. Well, when we were texting throughout this game, and for us over betters, the, the block field goals obviously are huge. But I told you in the text, I'm like, you know, as many times as I've seen the ball hit the ground as far as fumbles go, even when they're being recovered immediately, I feel really good about this over bet. And then it didn't turn out to be four turnovers, but that could have very easily been five, six, seven turnovers in this game. As much, I mean, it's cold, a windy right. day. I, like I think what it, I don't know what your exact line was. I wish I had it pulled up, but it I mean it had to be insanely impossible to hold on to that football as cold as it was out there with that wind. Yes, and by the way, thank you for jogging this in my memory. At ten to seven at halftime, this was trending way over. Why? Because, as predicted on the Eyes on Big podcast, I know I put it on Twitter, you probably did too, all this talk with these game totals with Iowa this year, I kept saying, just wait till the end of the year. That will be the lowest game total. However, I thought it would be 26, 26 and a half. Many books had this at 24 and a half at game time. Folks, 20. I got it at 24 and a half and I did not cover my over. So I can vouch for it. 10 to seven at halftime would have, if you double that score would have easily covered the over. Hey, I I predicted Iowa to win this game 13 to 10. They win the game 13 to 10. So that's, that's my kind of swan song on my, on my gambling. It's the biggest big 10 Westie of big 10 Westie finishes. I get it. But before we move on from this game, the sentimental piece of this for you, Tory Taylor, seven more punts, 297 more yards, a 42.4 yard average. I would call that kind of a mediocre day for him, <laughs> given the wind. Yep. That's a really good day with a long of 49 yards. We're talking about a legend in the punting game, which in Big Ten fans, that's the Big Ten game. I mean, we had we had to send him out with one more as far as regular season games goes. We'll see what he does in yep. Indianapolis this weekend. Well, what helps is the ball inside a dome is warmed up. I think that thing was like basically like kicking an ice. <laughs> he was he was kicking yeah. an ice cube for and sure. And I think it went for the kickers too, and that's why you saw a little bit of struggles. But with the win, Iowa finished this the regular season at ten and two. Already had first place in the West wrapped up. This just kind of gives them a little bit of extra push as they head into Indianapolis with the loss Nebraska finishes five and seven so no bowl game for Nebraska uh that has been the case since 2016 I will say we have three five and seven teams Nebraska being one of them there's a chance that there won't be enough bowl eligible teams so we'll see we'll see if one of these five and seven teams sneaks in on conditions and I don't know I don't know what to say about that it's still possible I'm not trying to over hope or dangle things too much but it, it, it is possible all right mathematically it's still there matt well is it mathematical or 
philosophically. I don't, I don't know how you'd word that, but anyway, yes. it's still possible. All right, we had one other game on Black Friday. This was in the evening. Or was it a game? Uh, Penn State, 42. Michigan State, Donuts. Yikes. The Check out these stats. I don't mean to laugh. Oh, my God. Holy <laughs> shit. Nittany Lions, 586 yards of total offense to the Spartans. 88 to give my line. Uh, I haven't seen a beating like that since somebody put a banana down my pants and let a monkey loose. This shit was... This got this. So, by the way, I predicted... A, a, a Spartan cover, which the weird thing is, Jordan, through the first half, I thought maybe it was looking It felt like, like the cover was there. It felt like it was there. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, this is what Penn State does. They overwhelm people. But eventually Michigan State will pop one here and there. Michigan State's defense, honestly, was balling up hard. But at some point, your your, your defense is out there too much. The dam breaks, and and, and it was that that second half was just straight murder. Yeah, I I didn't realize the stat the stats were that bad. That I mean, bad. Five hundred yard differences. Yeah, insane. I mean, we did see some good things from Penn State offensively that I think a lot of Penn State fans were happy to see. Obviously, the offensive coordinator change. Anything they're anything's gonna make them happy. We yeah. saw Drew Aller touchdown pass of beyond forty yards, so it was like, oh my god, the world is on fire. But I think as a Michigan State fan, you have to just take this and say, okay, they literally fired everybody this morning. Yes. I mean that, that came out, and we talked about it as we brought on the podcast. All they new situation. You're you're starting a new regime. You at this point, that game means nothing. You are you're dumping all this. You're hoping to keep some of the players that you want and that you think can help this program go forward and you're trying to build in the future. But as a, as a Penn state fan, you have to be happy. I mean, that's a it is. Yep. 40, 42, nothing. The defense did Here, what we thought we'd do in my, in my defense, the offense scored a whole bunch of points in my defense. I thought Pribola was going to play. I really did. I did not think Drew. I Aller... saw him for a couple snaps. He was there. Yep. We, neither one of us thought that Aller was playing. We I did not. I, so that is in my defense. And, and what did Aller do? 292 yards, two touchdowns. Catron Allen, 137 yards, a 9.1 yard average. Nick Singleton, 118 yards and a, on a 6.6 yard average. So obviously the whole offense exploded. And and uh, uh, Drew Aller, very demonstrative, saying, I will be back next year. I trust in my head coach. I trust in Penn State. I think Penn State fans want to hear that. Trust me, Penn State fans. You finish 10 and 2. You can get to 11 and 2. You're probably going to a New Year's Six Bowl. I know you wanted more. Don't get me wrong. However, as far as consolation prizes going in the college football universe, this ain't too freaking bad. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I mean, it's a, as a Penn State fan, you just, I mean, yes, you're, you're 10 and 2. There are 95% of programs in the country that would trade Correct. places with you in a heartbeat. You got to take it and build. And like I said, in the midseason part of this, I think next year is the high point of what you're looking at right now. I really do. Yep. And with the loss, and, and by the way, they finished third in the East with the loss. Michigan State finishes four and eight, six in the East. So even in a really down, ugly year, they don't finish last. Moving into our Saturday slate, which was today, Saturday the 25th, as we record, Purdue... 35, Indiana 31, the Boilermakers with 453 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers, 359. I think this is a game where I predicted to go over. And I think there was a couple games that I predicted to go over and you weren't as convinced, or maybe maybe this wasn't one of them, but 
This was very much one of the games that I felt good about. I should have bet more overs. Some of the forecasts uh, scared me. So so I had this game 28-24 Indiana, so I had it slightly over there. Okay. Okay. Based on I, my spreadsheet here, slightly over, but I had, quite, I had it quite a bit over. I didn't think it would go this much over. Essentially, Purdue was the better team today. Uh, I don't think there was any. I'm doubt gonna lean with on that. you a lot here because obviously there was something kind of big going on during yes. this game. So I'm gonna lean on you a little bit here. here. Here's how this game went down. There, there was craziness. It, this was a great game, by the way. If this game could have been in some, I way, had it on the other TV. Oh yeah. But- I mean, trust me, I had mostly eyes on your game as well, but this game was was fun to watch. I, I can I can successfully watch too. This was my second one. Purdue was, I mean, Purdue and Indiana were were moving the ball very well. Okay, crazy uh, uh, swings with this game. A lot of it to do with Brendan Sorsby, two hundred twenty six yards, three touchdowns, three picks. So Sorsby giveth and, and Sorsby taketh. So so that was so happening. Three picks seems massive in this game. The biggest difference in this game, by the way, for Indiana to cover, because Purdue kept taking control of the game, Indiana would come back and fight. But Jalen Lucas, 100-yard kickoff return in this game. Sophomore Jalen Lucas. I don't know. Something to, yeah, something to keep an eye on, because that kid is too talented and too fun to watch to... Maybe not be in a better situation. I I am not wishing are you, this. Are you saying that TP may come a calling this offseason? I am not wishing this, Hoosier fans. I want to be clear. I'm just trying to be realistic and maybe trying to call something that's not even that hard to call because I I and let's just get into it. I'm not sure if our guy Tommy Allen is is we were as we were recording this on Saturday evening. There could be news as soon as we wake up in the morning before we even get this podcast out that maybe Tommy Allen's not going to stick around. Yeah, I would not be shocked at all if by the time this is out that they've Indiana's moved on. I know there's a massive buyout with it, but we we have to be honest with the situation since 2020. It's been bad. It's been underwhelming. I yeah. mean, I think it's this street. Indiana program. I mean, this Indiana program is not expected to be like a top three in the Big Ten program but they they haven't been competitive in a lot of games and we thought they they, they showed a little bit of fight but it's just kind of Has, yeah. fizzled out and now the, now you take the rivalry game where you you were in control of the game early on and you, you gave it back to him i just i don't know I do, it doesn't feel fluffy no Tommy at all. <laughs> no it does not feel fluffy hudson card 275 yards passing three touchdowns hudson card 85, 85 yards, yards rushing, rushing and a touchdown. Huge. So that's yeah. 311 yards and four touchdowns. That's an incredible day for Hudson Card, especially working behind a makeshift offensive line and battling all year long. We had heard about how good Hudson Card was in the preseason. I will say, I I think he backed it up for the most part this year when healthy and given something to work behind. With the win, Purdue finishes four and eight, fifth in the Big Ten West. With the loss, the Hoosiers finish three and nine last in the east moving into the afternoon maryland 42 Rutgers 24 the turfs with 498 yards of total offense to the scarlet knights 355 so something i had put out to my guy mazda uh who is a turps fan i we both predicted two close we we, we both predicted a close Rutgers win in a somewhat low scoring fashion in my mind, there was only two game scripts. A close, low-scoring game that Rutgers wins 
or a high scoring game that Maryland kind of blows Rutgers out. I debated both. I chose the wrong one. Maryland was the better football uh, team and they just ran away, ran away with this one. Yeah. It seemed like Maryland kind of, <laughs> they jumped on them early. They had control early and they, yeah. they kind of sat on them, but I'll, I'll give Rutgers a little bit of credit. They fall back. I've, I've been kind of a Rutgers defender all season. I feel like they fought back. Like you said, you're right. They, this game, this game could have got really, really ugly and Maryland could have like blown this open Penn State, Michigan State badish, but they, but it didn't. I mean, Rutgers made it at one point. I think it was a point. It was 21 17. 21 17 at half. I say it never it, it got to a one possession game at one point. So they fought, but it just Maryland to me, the biggest thing in this game that stuck out was the, just the athletes on the field. Maryland had more athletes yes. offensively. Than what Rutgers did, they, they right. had, I mean, Dyche just made huge plays. They they had guys all over the field that were just making plays that Rutgers just didn't have. One of the guys making plays is Ty Fulton. Five catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Quietly, that dude has been amazing. But the biggest stat of the day that winds up uh, uh, being a stat for history is Leah Tanga Viola, 361 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Why is that important, Jordan? So he becomes. The Big Ten's all-time leader in passing yardage. If I'm correct, is that correct? That is correct. We, so our, our guy John, Mar- that stuff. Oh, yeah, our, yep. our, our buddy John, our Maryland Terrapin. <laughs> That's yeah. weird for Big Ten fans to hear. Yep, quarterback has yep. the all-time hey. leading yardage in the Big Ten. Now, obviously, there's career. Uh, you know, obviously, Maryland's been in the Big Ten the whole time Leah has been there. They've been in the Big Ten long enough to say it. The 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 COVID extra year stuff, we know it plays all into it. But another thing that plays into it is Leah has been chucking the ball around and Loxley knows how to scheme up a play or two in order to get the ball downfield for Leah. It hasn't always looked fantastic, but the fact is when Leah is my age and old and maybe the NFL career wasn't as great as his brothers will be he could sit around a bar and say hey do you know i'm the all-time leading passing because i'll tell you what it's gonna be a tough one to break it's not an ohio state quarterback it's 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 me you know it's pretty cool pretty cool for him um and then uh, you know one more shout out uh to uh cal madungai 118 yards uh on the day that dude just fights man he does i love the guy i love the guy and i take him on michigan in a heartbeat and Rutgers got to bowl eligibility all the way back on October 21st. But then when you finish the Which year, I think, hey, if I think, if you went back and looked at it, I'm pretty sure we said in that moment, this is an important win huge. for them to get because, because the schedule up. gets tough yes. going forward. Which was, that looks Ohio, even bigger now. which was Ohio State at Iowa at Penn State, Maryland. That is a... That's a tough finish. So they they, they finished tough. with four losses, but good for them. They they knew it was in front of them and they got it done. But long story short, with the win, Maryland finishes seven and five, fourth in the East, a place they're kind of comfortable with. With the loss, Rutgers finishes six and six, fifth in the East. But I think it's something that Rutgers can be very happy with. As uh, Jordan takes another swig of Amador, let's go ahead and read this tagline. The Eyes of Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail. Amador is the perfect go-to this fall. 
on game day. Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky, raised in California. One of the other games this afternoon was a tough one for local people. Wisconsin 28, Minnesota 14. The Badgers with 412 yards of total offense to the Gophers 286. I was wrong on this one. So Badger fans that want to come at me, I, I deserve it. Here's some, here's, I'm, I'm going to immediately defend myself. Hey, I, I kind of thought, too, so. I kind of thought, okay, we both took Minnesota. I kind of thought Wisconsin got to what they needed to get to, which was to keep the bull streak alive. I also was wholeheartedly not expecting Braylon Allen. I, I wasn't hundred percent sure if Braylon Allen was going to play. If he was going to play, I didn't think he would look especially sharp. Braylon Allen played. Braylon Allen looked sharp, and he took this game over. He was the deciding factor in this game, along with, again, Tanner Mordecai's ability to not only run the ball, but keep plays available because of his legs. And that was a gigantic reason that Wisconsin not only won the game, but won this game pretty convincingly. Hey, I'll say you too. Another night, another guy to shout out your buddy Will Pauling. Yes, made yes. Him, hey, he got hurt at one point in a drive. Came back in, made a big touchdown catch late in the game. To me, it just it just seemed like Wisconsin had a little bit more of that. Like they you did. like to say, want two in it, and want Braylon two. Allen was the leader of that want two. I mean, I I was impressed when I was watching. I'm like, hey, I didn't think he was playing either, but he came in and every it seemed like every single carry yes. there just, was a was little bit more behind it. Like he was, he was just going forward. Yeah, he, he wanted that axe, man. He wanted that axe back. Yeah, I mean, because I'm pretty sure this will be the last time Minnesota fans or any Big Ten West fans see Braylon Allen play. I I think he's done. Uh, but to go out like that, you have got to give that guy credit. Got to give Wisconsin credit. Okay, they were really tough spot at five and five. They had the potential to finish five and seven, which would be a massive failure the first year for for Luke Fickle. They finished seven and five. They could win the bowl game very easily. Suddenly, and this is what Wisconsin is just amazing at this quote unquote awful year, Jordan. They could finish eight and five. Okay. <laughs> I just say, like, if you're awful is eight and five, I would say you're doing some things right. And that's what Wisconsin does. And, and they're doing it again. And you've got to tip the hat to them, hater or not. It's a fact. They they win. I mean, I mean, it speaks a lot to the program and what the program is. They they built the, the the players that are there. They might not be Luke Fickle's players, and they might not be the players that he recruited. But it's a culture and it's a program that they have established. So they built themselves into this this program that I mean, they win eight games. Like yes. they're just they're, what they do. They they find a way to get into those wins. Uh, as we are recording right now, twenty eight to twenty eight, Iowa State, K State. And oh, well, Florida State, on, and Florida, Florida State, State just, just scored, scored again. Yes, Florida State just scored again. That is a so. six and a half point spread. <sighs> Look at these shocked Florida fans. Oh boy, rivalry weekend, man. Because we got a couple other things we can kind of add on at the end with the Gophers. Okay, Ethan Caligmanis. I don't know. He kind of had a Caligmanis day. Team rushing, 119 yards. Like Jordan Newman tried his ass off. He had 93 yards. It's the defense. Okay, so I, I know. Every fan base tends to focus on the offensive coordinator and the offense. I get it. We all do it. I put more blame on the defense. I will say, though, 
there is a lack of awareness by the quarter zip PJ to understand that you don't have a Joe Rossi defense like you think you do. So you probably need to mix it up and be more aggressive on offense to make up for that. But is the issue they don't trust Calig Manis to do it. This is the enigma wrapped in a riddle that was Minnesota this year. That's exactly what I was going to like PJ realized I don't have the offensive weapons because I'm so banged up. I mean, like health wise, they haven't been great. I mean, Daniel Daniel Jackson's a great player. I mean, your guy, I've your guy. sung his praises more than anybody. Yep. But at some point, you got to have some other horses in the stable. And I just don't know if Minnesota has them right now. It's it's going to be a really interesting long off season in yeah. Gopher Land. There, there's going to be some tough conversations had. There's got to be some changes. I mean, it can't be – you can't hold pat with what you have here. you got to make some changes. It just depends on how big and how deep those changes go. And we'll just kind of get into it with the loss. The Gophers fall to 5-7. and seven. Probably not going to a bowl unless they get the academic – There's there's a from, chance there's still a chance, looking at the there's scores. Chance. There's a yep, chance. There's a chance. Uh, by the way, that 5-7, and seven, that's, that's last in the Big Ten West for where they finish. So – I'm not trying to do this as a uh, I told you so, but I fit I I I had uh, Minnesota six and six from our preseason predictions got roasted by Minnesota fans. I do remember six that. and six and six was my near barrel. You know, I thought the worst that they would wind up would be five and seven, but really didn't even consider it. Had they won this game to go six and six, go to a bowl, have the axe and the pig. And my point I'm trying to make here that is the difference in the sport between one win and one loss. Sometimes obviously we're not talking about a team that was destined to go to Indianapolis and win it all. Okay. But on a rebuilding year, had they won this game, they, they feel, they feel fine. Go to a bowl game, figure out where they're going to go. Probably finish with a, a winning record because that's what PJ does in bowls, but you didn't come up. It's a painful loss. I got gopher buddies. I do feel bad for them. You know, one of my buddies was at the game today, weathering the cold. Shout out to Danable, but didn't come through. That sucks. It's how it goes. There's a lot of Iowa fans that aren't going to feel it, bad. It, but it just makes the offseason so much it sucks. Like, It really does. And I like Minnesota fans in the state of Minnesota being more engaged with the sport of college football because that hasn't always been the case. So, Hope they can stick with it. I don't think they're going to fire PJ. I don't think they should fire PJ. It was a transitional year. This is how things go. And then, like we said, the Badgers finished seven and five, third in the Big Ten West. Not what they wanted, but if you can get things moving in the right direction by winning the bowl, you can pick up momentum. I think this was a bigger win than even Badger fans are understanding it is right now. No, I, I think I agree with you. I think this win it, it at least gives them a push. In the right direction. Now they have a good bowl game with a good bowl matchup. And they get that win. It's a good push towards the future. Our last game of the day. Significance to that, which I will hit at the end. Northwestern, freaking 45. Illinois, (laughs) 43. The Wildcats with 379 yards of offense, which is fine. The Atlanta had 455 yards of offense. So this was one that... Actually, I where I, I predicted over, I, I had this in a parlay, but the other part of the parlay didn't have. So I had a good feel for this game being over, but Illinois just kept playing hot potato. 
with the ball. So how, how did this go? This was this thing was back and forth. Okay, like I I I I it's the hard to like, game. correct to, to go through and do the scoring because you can you know you could look up on an app and do the scoring back and forth. Just look it up <laughs> if you didn't see the game. It, it went back so and forth. Fun. It went back like there were times where I thought Northwestern was going to take control. I will say 65% of the time I thought Illinois was going to take control of this game and they were getting there. And then our guy Juice, who had been such a huge part of Illinois. My guy. Yes, you're another one of your guys. Punt return fumble leads to a touchdown. We have another touchdown. Was it right before or after that? I can't remember, but two fourth quarter turnovers blows it open. Northwestern takes a two score lead. Game over, right? No, Illinois. Comes back 80-yard touchdown pass from Big John Paddock to freaking Casey Washington, who finished the game with nine catches for 218 yards and three tutties. Dude was just streaking all day long. Comes down to the end. It is 45 to 43. I got to say, I think that was defensive holding in the end zone that Northwestern got away from. I... I'm just trying to call it out. But, but it. in the moment, you can't call it, right? I mean, you can't mug a guy. You can't mug a guy in the end zone. You can't mug a guy in the end zone. I don't. I don't know. I mean, for the game, for what it was, and this this was the primary on my screen. Yeah, I was I was okay. watching this the most in three thirty window. It was so fun, such a fun game, and I know our buddy Big Kurt's probably not thinking the same thing he probably yeah, needed to I, pull his eyes out I, watching it i don't think i have i don't think i have permission to read the the big kurt text out loud <laughs> that might get him in some that might get him in some hot water uh, but uh yeah, he was this, not using pc current pc words to describe his feelings uh for how his ball club was, it was it, but it was again. such a fun game it I was mean, it, like it was a fun it seemed mess. like northwestern would throw it away and then Nope, Illinois said, nope, the hell that you can have it. And they just kept throwing it back and forth. And then they'd make good plays and they make bad plays. It was like you're an enigma wrapped up in a riddle. This is the game essentially wrapped up. It was, I mean, Cam Johnson, seven touches, 124 yards and a touchdown. It's yep. just, there's so many different pieces to this game that played out so great. It was a fun game to watch. And even the haters in the South and the SEC couldn't hate this game. Well, because I watched a pretty ugly Egg Bowl on Thursday night. I I, I don't know about you, Jordan. Is. Huh? Uh, is, is that bad? bad? Oh, bad. God. But I am I going to hear multiple podcasts talking about how no, we haven't heard was... of, we haven't heard a peep. No, Radio no. silence. Doubt we will either. So how about this? I mean, this is the Big Ten West game that that has a freaking shootout. But in the end, Northwestern gets the win, finishes seven and five, breaking second in the West. I gotta ask. Amazing. David Braun's gotta be Big Ten. I think this wraps right? it up. I know David your boy Braun. KF. What 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 Iowa did is impressive. With all the injuries wrapped into it, it matters. But I will say David Braun did to me is impressive. There could be a lifetime achievement award wrapped up with KF. Ten and two with the injuries is amazing. I'm I'm just gonna say it this. I'm I, I understand and would be completely complimentary of either KF or David Braun getting it. I'm not hiding. Those are the Hawkeye. only two options. I, There's I nobody so. else. 
I believe so. I I, I believe those are because I don't think Shiano's going to be able to get it now. No. You can't give it Shiano over these two. So it, it comes down to, to those two. We will see how the Big Ten and writers, and I don't even know who, who picks My up. My vote's but like, David Braun. But yeah. yep. In, insane what Northwestern, like, what bowl game are they going to wind up in? Like, what team are they going to play? It's going to be like, a decent bowl. I, it's going to be a it solid is going bowl. To, I am, I am it it's be a super excited. <laughs> I told you, it's going to be a good game. And I tell you what. Northwestern. Go I still don't trust Northwestern. SEC team. God, please, please, Northwestern, beat like beat them. Show beat up well. somebody in the SEC. They're, please, they're gonna move God, the ball. Please. This offense has come oh, yeah. around, man. This offense Definitely. has come around. The defense. I'm not as impressed with. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm probably gonna take the over in their bowl. I'm just gonna say that right now. Uh, with the loss, Illinois finishes five and seven, six in the West. I mean, Jordan, this was a team that I darn near flipped a quarter with Iowa to win the big 10 West. And, and I, at the la- 11th hour, I talked myself out of Illinois and, and picked Iowa Homer call. Thank God. Uh, typically Homer calls don't work for you, but this, this one worked out this point of year. Hey, for it took, Beatles, it took you a while man. to get off that bus, I know, but it, I mean, I know. Illinois teams got some, they've got some promise and they got beat a lot. This there's, there's a good future ahead of this. Team. There's good, there's good bones there. I think if, if they can, that they gotta, they gotta get that back seven <laughs> figured out the deep, the yeah, defense well, you know. was, was looking bad. Uh, and that was it. Pour one out. Now I don't want to pour my Amador out because I want to finish this and I don't want to yeah. pour it on my carpet here in the downstairs athletic club, but mine's dry. Now folks, that right there was our last big 10 West versus big 10 West football contest. Can I ask you, did you, did you, did you like, did you get a chance to read my ode to the big 10 West poem that I put out? I absolutely did. And yep. As, as a college football and a big 10 fan, I appreciated it. I respected it. And I completely understood everything that you were saying. There will be the haters from other regions that will say it's dumb, it's annoying, it's whatever. But anybody in the Midwest that grew up a Big Ten football fan will appreciate it. They'll love it. I thought it was good. I I liked it. Thanks, man. And and I think of like a 22-year-old kid. That's all they've known. That's all that kid's known is the Big Ten West. Um, Now, the Big Ten West morphed into this ugly, lovable, you know, Puppy that like is cute but poops on your carpet. You know, I I don't know what the analogy but is, just, but I'm good. Just can't get rid of it. No, you no, you can't. You can't. You can't toss that puppy out in the street. Which, by the way, the Big no. Ten is doing. <laughs> Fitting that this was one of the last games that the Big Ten West will play. So, and and by the way, shout out to all the people that liked and retweeted the poem. I did not know if people would get the sarcasm, but sometimes Twitter comes through where they can actually pick up on that stuff. So that was fun to see. I don't know. There, there, there's not much more we can say right now. Maybe we'll do an off season, you know, funeral episode or something. I don't know for the East and West, but that's it. It, it comes to the end. So that was the finale of the Big Ten West. Now, technically, Rutgers Maryland was the finale of the Big Ten East, but I think we'll go ahead and get into what the proper finale of the Big Ten East was. That brings us to the Big Ten game of. It wasn't just the Big Ten game of the week. It was the national game of the week. It was the national game of the year. This is like our 10th or 11th, 12th game of the century. What was it? It was 
the game. Michigan, 30. Ohio State, 24. The Wolverines with 338 yards of total offense to the Buckeyes, 378 yards. Jordan, I can tell you that my text group of all Hawkeye buddies were all watching the game. This was a highly entertaining college football contest. Well, I can tell you that the text <laughs> the text threads on my phone were not as entertaining as what those threads okay. were. Because obviously people I'm texting are Michigan fans. Yeah. And as most fans, which is short for fanatic, fanatic. would go, they were all pretty negative. Going for real? Into- okay. Oh, yeah. oh, it was terrible. No, I understand. I, I, I understand I the emotions. I told my one buddy, dude, I'm muting your text because I don't want to listen to you talk anymore because, like, it's so bad. He texted me two and a half hours before the game. He's like, I think we're going to lose by three scores. I'm like, okay, stop talking. You're like, I'm annoyed with you. You're I done. Have, I have away. a friend like that, too. At halftime, every game, I have a bad feeling. I have oh. a bad feeling. It was a buddy of mine. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's become, like, we have to do this now, you know, in order to keep it keep it going. I, I, I'll, I'll say, when I woke up, this morning, you know, we, like I said, we had the, we had the things on the schedule, so I had just to do things to work for. If I had to do that on the game on the day of a big Iowa game, I mean, first of all, I I would not have okayed that. But as we were coming home, like a half hour trip home from the tree farm, right? And I started thinking about the game, and I started thinking about you, and I'm like, I'll be honest with you, I was thinking, I'm glad I'm not Jordan. Because I don't think I can handle the stress right now of a game like this. I didn't. I I just enjoyed watching this as a game. My viewpoint of the game is that there was never a time when I didn't think Michigan was the better team overall. Okay, but it was close. Okay, like these were two excellent football teams playing a highly skilled football contest there were athletes on both sides of the ball and any time that you thought could rise up and make a play for their team both offense and defense for Ohio State both offense and defense for Michigan would you agree with that assessment of this football game yeah I I absolutely would um (laughs) my 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 adrenaline it's it's Almost and 11 the o'clock p.m. And the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and the alcohol maybe a little bit. But it, it's still going a little bit now that we're going to talk about it. But, yeah, I mean, the big players in this game made big plays. Marvin Harrison Jr. made huge plays. Yep. Will Johnson made huge plays. J.J. McCarthy made huge plays. Kyle McCord Did come made up. huge plays. I mean, these big games are big games because of the big players that are in it. I, it felt like all of these big players found a way to impact this game. Agreed. Agreed. In their own way. one point or another. It really did. And and one of the things that Jordan and I briefly talked about before we hit record was, you know, the weekly Eisman, which I think me and you just assumed was going to come from this game. But that it couldn't because there wasn't a star of this game. But because there was not a singular star of this game because it was spread around to all players, not all players, but all key players, star players on both sides. I mean, it really of the ball. was though. It, it, was, it was, that's it what was, made this game so good. It was 22 guys on both sides. It really that's was. That's what made this game so good. What yes. was because the you, punters, 
Michigan's punter dropped a punter, a punt sure. down at the two yard line. Huge. That's so game. big in this yep. game. It really is. And I would say a big play in the game was right from the get go. It wasn't a pick six with Will Johnson, but returns it to I don't know his right. He jumped that route. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He's whatever it was. He, he saw the slant there. Weird effort out of Marv on that play, but great play by him. Uh, Michigan punches it in, so it's seven nothing real quick. But then Ohio State comes down, gets it to seven and three, and I think uh, I think uh, then Michigan went up fourteen to three right after that, right or or pretty quickly after that. Yes, it was. But Ohio State answers again to get it to fourteen to ten. Just missed a field goal at halftime to make it fourteen to thirteen. By the way. The halftime game to, or the halftime uh, total in this game uh, was 24 and a half. It finished at 24 at halftime, freaking odds makers. And I think it was Michigan favored by one and a half. So they covered by one and a half uh, or, or two and a half going into halftime. So odds makers were on it. This was the game we both predicted over. At least I know I did. So this game did, uh, I did too. go over. Yeah. Cause it had that big game. Feel. That was my Amador double barrel lock of the week was, was the over. Good job. So, it, it always is. Mine was Minnesota. That did not hit. I, I, I limped to the finish by the way, with my picks, but so it, so Kyle McCord makes Ohio State fans feel nervous because of the start. He has a tendency in these games to getting off to a pretty poopy diaper start, but then he gets a little bit better, and then he starts looking great. I didn't know if he could pull that off in a game like this, but he did. He did wind up looking better, but in the end, the needing to come back and be the man because you, you – it, by the way, shout out to Ryan Day. There were stretches in the second half where he did let his rushing attack attack. And you got to be honest with me, Jordan. There was a time on that one drive in the late third quarter, I'm going to say, where. Yes, it was late holy third quarter. Shit, they were jamming it right down. I, the I texted my, one of my really good, more logical friends. Yeah, okay. I have, you know, you, we all have those mm-hmm. logical and friends. Those are like, oh my God, the world's ending. Texted one of them. I said, dude, we're in trouble right here because they just ran the ball like nine straight times for a good four per pop. We're in trouble right here. And it was. That was, that was impressive. Trevion, Trevion got a little bit of a rhythm. They found something that was working. And I was like, oh, boy, we're in trouble right here. I think that was the touchdown that tied it. 17-17, correct. I think that was the score that tied it. That I really felt nervous so did I. That Before was that when point, I felt really good. But at that point, it was like, oh boy. That's when now, now I know you're looking at this from a Michigan fan. It is uh, what it is my duty, my duty, my duty as a uh non-Michigan Ohio State fan to say, I'm watching this game as a Big Ten slash college football fan. This is when my Hawkeye text group were texting each other, like, holy shit, this is a great game. Like that moment of the game took it to awesome wow like we we were just having fun watching this good battle beautiful gift that america has given us in college football michigan comes back goes down the field horrible horrible injury for zach center oh man feel bad for the kid which is huge moving forward into yeah it's it's a so so it's a broken tibia broken tibia he is 
as yeah. we're recording in surgery, he's obviously out for the year. Sucks. Yeah, feel for that kid. That's horrible. That's that's they, they honestly probably Michigan's best player as far as NFL draft experts yes. would say. Like, yeah, you hate to see that. Hopefully, he he heals up quickly. Quickly. Uh, my wife came down right after, and they, she just sees the everything on the field. She's like, "What happened?" And I go, "His leg was pointing the direction it was not supposed to be pointing." Pretty much. So, yep, that's about so it. So to me, I'm like, "Uh oh, is this a bad sign? Is this?" I where, think I texted you that. Yeah, like, is this where the the life gets sucked out? Nope. Boom. Blake Corum, twenty four, twenty five. Some I don't twenty something. Twenty something. Bust it to the left. Warrior man, I, I mean Blake Corum. I, I don't know where exactly he's at in the pantheon of Michigan running backs, but he's up there. One, I mean, two, he's one, one or two. two, three at at worst as far as career. No, he's one, two. Okay, and he's I know, one, I know, Tissi Amunga Biaka Batuka. Love saying that name. Had one of the greatest performances in the game, but as far as career. And a little bit tied into because he finally could play in this game as a healthy running back. So I think he was ready to go. That was a Stones run to make it 24-17. Michigan scores again to make it 27-17. You're kind of thinking it's over, but Ohio State's got pride too. They come back and make it 27-24. to Michigan tacks on the field goal to make it 30-24, to but we got a minute. I got to ask you, how clenchy buddy – were you when Ohio State started moving the ball down the field there with enough time <laughs> to take two or three shots, four shots into the end zone? Oh, well, I'd have felt a whole lot worse had they had timeout. I looked at my wife, who she knows football. She watches football, obviously, because, you know, we're a sports family. So, you know, there's only like 106 left. No timeouts. Feel pretty good about the spot. They need seven. Three doesn't do it. Whatever happened, happened. But I didn't feel great. Yeah. Out of way, I'd have felt way better had we. I would have. I mean, obviously seven there and the game's over, but at the at the same time, as a Michigan fan, you have to trust your defense. Yes, your defense has been the best part of your team all season. It it turns up at the end of this game. That's the reason you won this game. Correct. Mike Sainristel, Rod Moore, those guys making those plays. That's the reason. Michigan won this game. It's the defense, so I had to lean on that, and I trusted that. And I have a text message to one of my good friends that says, hey, the offense did their job. They got yes, points. Yes, at 30 points, yes. You've done it. out job. of the field goal. They got it out of the field goal. The defense has got to go win the game, and they, they did. did. And they, they got the pick. So, obviously, with the win, Michigan finishes 12-0, wins the East. They move into Indianapolis as the East representative. With the loss, Ohio State finishes 11-1, second in the East. So, I want to say this. I don't believe Ryan Day will receive tons of heat, and I don't believe Ryan Day should receive tons of heat. This He deserves credit for bringing in Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles has, by and large, done his job and improved this defense. This, these are two of the top four teams in the country. Is it going to work out that way, that they're both going to get into the college football playoffs? I don't know, because I think Ohio State was cheering pretty hard for Two games that did not go their way this way, to, uh, their way today. So that potentially sucks for Ohio State, but it does. It should not be a black eye to Ryan Day or this Ohio State team. I think even through your maize and blue color glasses, you can say that that was a team ready to play today, 
with talent, 30 to 24. Like we, we, I think actually, maybe we've said it on the podcast that our number one score that we would pick for a great game would be 27 to 24. Didn't we say something like that along those lines where we, Oh yeah. And that the ballpark, conver- absolutely. Yes, where we're like, yes. okay, too low oh, scoring, yeah. too high. That's right where we were at. Michigan just tacked on the, 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 the field goal on the end to make it 30-24. This was a classic game that Ohio State, they fought back. They did everything. They're playing in the big house. I really hope that people aren't mad at Ryan Day. Our guy, Mr. Ohio, who I think has very good takes for the most part. Everybody gets in fandom. Zone He's gone radio silent. Tonight, Everybody's, though. but his last tweet was, enjoy it, Michigan fans. One of the tweets he had was, this isn't a Ryan Day problem. This is a quarterback problem. We we need to fix the quarterback. There's some truth in that. But long story short, what I'm trying to say is that's still a great season for Ohio State. It's just tough to be the best when the best is so good in the Big Ten Conference. And that was kind of the story of the game to me. Anybody that says that Ryan Day has to be fired and should be fired, that's that's lunacy. I mean, like, I think so too. The, the dude's numbers are insane. Like his, I his get six... it as an Ohio, as an Ohio State fan, I completely get it. As a Michigan fan, yeah, you can't lose three in a row to your rival, but at the same time, he's like what seven Nine? losses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven it's, losses. It's with like it's one dumb. with like one. It's loss dumb. How many into Oregon? Who's better? Who is now better than people realize? Like that was Oregon starting, especially to that Oregon. season. Correct, yes. correct. Yeah. So like, yeah, every I other mean, game is like. Alabama in the playoffs and Clemson in the playoffs and Michigan, like his losses so, are right to the rational Buckeye fans that are out there listening. Cause I, I doubt we have many Buckeyes listening right now. They're all probably very mad and don't yeah. want to hear anything about football completely get it. But to the rational Buckeye fans right now, I ask you this question. If, if it's not Ryan day, who, is it? who, is it? who are you going to go out exactly. there and hire right now? That's going to be better for this program. You're not getting Urban Meyer back. That's not going to happen. happen. Be realistic. The dude wins every game. And if your number one rival is your number one competition, is that really that terrible of a situation to be in? I know it sucks losing this game. I felt it a lot in my adult life. life. Yes. I get it. But don't be over-rational. This was an amazing game that deserves the credit it does that it should get because and, and every player played their asses, asses off. off and played well and were prepared and i mean had answers and that's yes, what you like, want like to like see in yes kyle mccord gets all this slack and it's going to be his fault for all the buckeye fans because he threw that pick early but you know what played pretty he good did? Settle rest down. Of the game, he's dug his feet in the sand, and he had some goddamn good throws in this game. He kept him in this game, and Buckeye totally fans are gonna hate him for it. But I just, I don't get it. I think the better team just won, and that yes. happens sometimes. I agree. It happens sometimes, and sometimes your team is excellent, but the other team is just a little bit more. A little bit, excellent. yes. That's, yep, that's how it goes. So obviously, uh, well, Iowa ten and two. Michigan twelve and zero, and Jordan, you are a boy. Michigan next fan. week, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Which I, 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 I mean, this just makes too much sense. This sets up the Eyes Big Championship for our podcast. The Eyes Big Championship. You like I that? May, I may have something working yeah. in the background here. I'm trying okay. to work on something right. for next week. We'll see. Okay, 
So we'll I do. Play. I do have my submission in for tickets to go yeah. next. Also, okay. all right. Big Kurt. Big Kurt said on the pod, "You guys run. He's going." Okay, so maybe I, run on the Big I Kurt. Have, Which possible? My 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 payment is submitted. I'm waiting to see if the season ticket fulfillment happens. Okay. I but I will not be able to go. goes, I'm working something else too. Else, okay. I will not be able to, to be in attendance. I was there two years ago for the first version of this game. So if you can go, I would highly recommend it because it's it's a lot of damn fun. Uh, uh so all right. Fun. So the last couple of segments here we'll move through pretty quick quickly, but the 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 weekly Eisman you want to kind of run through. By the way, I think I want to make a I think I want to make a change. I, I know we talked about uh a certain receiver, I think we should go with a certain Big Ten West quarterback. I, d- I decided to make that decision. Is that okay? You okay with that? As far as the Eisman? As far as the Eisman. I, I think it's the right thing to do. Okay. You ready? Is that fine? Let's go for it. Okay, go for it. You can just run down some players real quick. So we have the Eisman candidates to talk about then would be Cam Johnson. Obviously, seven, seven touches, 124 yards and touchdown. Uh, Ty Felton, five catches, 140 and a touchdown. We have to mention Leah. Sets the Big Ten record. Nope. He went 24 for 31 for 361. Three touchdowns. I mean, well, anytime you set a Big Ten record, you're obviously getting mentioned on the Eisen's podcast. To me, uh, Penn State-wise, Allen and Singleton Law Firm, as I'm calling them, 33 touches total, 255 total yards. Only one touchdown, but hey. They dominated that game. They controlled that game. Casey Washington, nine touches, 218 yards, and three touchdowns. And then the Eisman of the week, you said Big Ten West quarterback. Yep. That's a guard. It's got to be. Gotta be. Gotta be. That's, That's a guard. Yep. Yeah. So 21 for 34, 275, and three touchdowns through the air. Correct. Along with 12 more carries for 185 yards and another touchdown. So four total touchdowns. 311 yards. Yep. I mean, that, that's, that's amazing. 411 yards. Oh, yeah. No, no. yeah. 275 throwing 85 rushing? Or am I off on that? Oh, yeah, yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, sorry. That's There you go. That's, that's your, I've that's had many Amadors tonight, but I'm just making sure. 275 <laughs> no, that's your, and 85. That's your Eisman. You got you to give it to the guy. So no, 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 you know, besmirch to Casey Washington or Blake Corum. I mean, there's other people. But when you when you go for over 400 yards and four touchdowns and you win a rivalry trophy, I, I, I think that's a, it just, just did it a just horrible job breaking down the rivalry trophies tonight. Uh, Wisconsin takes the axe. Um, Penn State takes the ugliest trophy known to man. Purdue takes the old oaken bucket. It is. It is beautifully ugly. So that brings us to the last final uh, rankings. The eyes on this should be fun. Eyes on big fans because I have not seen these rankings yet. This is live on the fly. And the funny thing is, I tweeted them out and then we hit record. So I I don't know if I'm getting that's why ripped apart right now or not. So there's not much changes at the top, obviously. Michigan one, Ohio State two. In fact, I kept the line right there. Penn State three, another line, Iowa four. So nothing changes there, right? Now, here's where some changes happen. I've got Northwestern all the way up to fifth, right? With Maryland at six, Northwestern and Maryland both at seven and five. Northwestern's got the head-to-head, okay? Wisconsin at seven, also seven and five. And they go in front of Rutgers, which is at six and six. So Rutgers drops three spots. All those other teams move up one spot. So five, six, seven, and eight is Northwestern Maryland, Rutgers, or Northwestern Maryland, Wisconsin, Rutgers. Then we have another line 
This is the no bowl line right here. I have took for the first time all year long the easy road. I also think it is the correct road. I have three teams tied for ninth, which is in alphabetical order, I'd like to point out, Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska. They're all five and seven. They were all razor thin in order to make a bowl game. Illinois beat Minnesota, but Minnesota beat Nebraska and Nebraska beat Illinois. So what the hell are you supposed to do with all of those five and seven teams they all tie for ninth. Do you have any issue there whatsoever? I was I was just I was just gonna look those three teams up too and try to figure out my pick on them, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how I you can't do it. Like, if I if I do one dirty, the other one will you know what I mean? One of the fan bases will come at me. Nebraska fans and I are have already been contentious for the past twenty four. Min- well, Minnesota hours. fans and you weren't very happy with each other. What, so there you two go. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So it it is what it has to be. There is no there is no discernible way to pick if you want out. My, the if you want me to decide the tie, you go I ahead. You go. I don't have the disdain that you have for okay. some fan bases. Personally, well, no, it's not disdain for fan bases. I'm trying to certain fan bases. I'm trying, dislike I'm you trying to your Iowa ties. Right. That's I'm trying to break this down as evenly as I can. I just <laughs> want to be honest. Like yes, there are. But I, what I'm trying to say is no matter what, I try to look at it as honestly as I can. I'm honestly telling you I have no way to, to break these three teams apart. I think if I was going to take those three teams personally, my opinion, obviously the tiebreakers are what they are. I would go Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota. Personally, yeah. that's how I would rank them. I understand. Minnesota finished har- harshly. So yes. I, I, I totally get that. But the, Nebraska... The- Nebraska was five what and Minnesota looked like on the back half of this year to me. I get it. A sour taste. I I totally get it. But Nebraska was sitting at five wins with a bull cusp sitting there, and they didn't finish well either. Illinois yeah. had the big win versus who? <laughs> Minnesota. Otherwise, they didn't finish. I'm just saying, yeah. it was an ugly finish for all three of them. Yet, all dangerous teams that were very close to getting to a bowl. Uh, number twelve. I have Purdue. I think that is ironclad. Also ironclad is Michigan State, 13. Good on you, Michigan State. In your one of your worst years in quite some time, you still didn't finish last. And Indiana doesn't change. They're, they're, they're last at 14. That's, what do you, they, well, yeah, they what do you say at this that. point? I, I have one other dispute okay. for the rankings. As a Michigan fan, I think we deserve the line. I the want line. the line. I, I want the line between. I just, I just that's my, no, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm gonna petition. Ohio State went into the big house and took you to the wire. The there there's <laughs> there's no line. That I was wondering what you were making the I was wondering what you were making the goofy faces for there. So gotcha. I want the line. I, right. I think we earned a line. We earned a line. That's that's your fandom, not mine. They're the they're the Jeffrey the Green Power Rankings, not the Jordan or the Eyes on Big. I can live with that, I suppose. But hey, I, we're still number one. And, and I tell you one thing that would make that line blurry or Crazy or or not existent is if you both get into to the playoffs. Now Michigan will be ranked in front of Ohio State. Don't get me wrong, but we were really close last year to seeing Michigan out of the playoffs and Ohio State still alive. Do I think that scenario can happen? I don't know. Reeking Alabama pulls a game out of all like shoot me out of their ass versus Auburn like. 
It's going to be, I mean, it's one of the games of the year. And and it wasn't a game of the year. But it wasn't because it was a terrible game. And and, and Auburn's not good. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember who won. They just Auburn's. lost to New Mexico State Mexico last State. year. And then they take, which, by the way, if that freaking role was reversed, where Michigan or Ohio State played a, a, a shit team, because Big Ten teams don't do that in, in week 12, but if we if, if they played Miami of Ohio and got freaking beat and then turned around and almost beat, you know, a crap, a, a, the better Ohio State, I'm losing my track here, but you, you know what I'm getting at. The Big Ten no, uh, team. To me, Bama's out. Bama's out. That, that, sh- that should not help them. Now, obviously, if Georgia beats George, uh, uh, Alabama, they're, Alabama's out and done. The issue here is if Alabama beats Georgia, what the heck are they going to do? We're Texas all the way down Texas to the beat Bama. I would think so. And and but if you're an Ohio State fan, now you want Georgia to win for sure. You want Georgia to win, Texas to get beat. I don't know what's going to happen for how it works out in the Pac-12 championship. I, Washington I just, I just barely. They're still. I a don't pass see her. I don't. I, it's it's a hard path though. Because you need it's four, hard, you need, but you it's not Florida impossible. State, you, you need Look State, at last need... year, Jordan. We thought the same thing, and Ohio State got into the playoffs. They needed two or three things to happen. They happened, and next thing you know, Ohio State's in. It is not impossible. But Florida are they State. taking a one loss SEC champ Bama over Ohio State? Yeah. Okay. If I think Georgia's going to win, okay, that knocks Bama out. This is my personal belief. Michigan is <laughs> not to foreshadow too much, but I, I think they're going to be 13. And oh, so now you've got those two teams ironclad in. Th- those those are your one. Pac-12 teams. champ is in, right? Are they? If Oregon wins, I think they're in. Washington will get Washington in. Washington has be 13, to be. You know, which, which, by the way, had to That's pull it three. out of their, their arse in order. That was another game that Ohio State fans should have been watching today. They should have been cheering for Auburn. So now you're down to and Washington Florida State, State. And the ACC. Which Florida State was down to freaking Florida as we recorded this podcast. So they what just I'm pulled saying, it out. What I'm saying is Alabama doesn't look good. Florida State lost their quarterback. I'm, they they kudos to pulling the game out. They don't look great, but they but I I could see them getting beat by Louisville. Okay, I mean big big Louisville fan. I think all of college football is a Louisville fan because. I don't think Florida's – you know what I mean? Like, whoever comes well, out hey, of the – With Jordan Travis hurt, it obviously means it, a lot. And it sucks to Florida State. If Jordan Travis was playing, I would be all about wanting to see Florida State in the college football playoff. But he's not – and I know that the committee, like, has to say this stuff, that, that it doesn't matter. That shit matters. That matters, and it is a big deal. I think Florida State is behind the eight ball. Either way, I could see the committee jumping Ohio State over Florida State. I know the that Tuesday, that's a, you know, the Tuesday rankings are usually worthless. I think until, this week they actually until this matter. week, until this, this week, week they actually matter because we'll see where they rank the one loss teams. We know Georgia's going to be one and Michigan's going to be two. It yes. starts getting interesting at three and then where Ohio state yep. falls in relation to Washington, Bama, Oregon, Texas, Bama, Oregon. Texas, all yes. that. I don't think Texas should be up there that much. I think I, so, but if they won the big 12, then you you probably have to put them in. They do one have loss, defense. Big Twelve champ with a win over at Bama. So that yeah, it has to be in. But again, if I'm looking at this through scarlet and gray, 
glasses, okay? It's not crazy to think Florida State gets beat. It's not crazy to think Texas gets upset in the Big 12 championship. I don't even know if their own conference wants them to go to the playoffs it's because Oklahoma they State hate Texas. Now, not Oklahoma, by the way, too. Right. Uh, so what I'm saying is those upsets could happen. That's, next weekend's going to be interesting. It There's is, a lot there, of chaos it, that could happen. Ohio State fans are going to stumble around, and somewhere around Tuesday or Wednesday, they're going to get back on their feet and start becoming gigantic Louisville and Oklahoma State fans. Because if those two teams win – I think Ohio State's in. Within I mean, kind of like they were Utah fans last year, and look what happens. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It, people had written Ohio State off. They're they're not dead. They are not dead, especially where they land these these Tuesday. Yeah, you, you need Georgia, Michigan, Louisville, and Oklahoma State to win. I think Georgia – I think Michigan's in regardless. No, Just Michigan gonna, loses to Iowa. I think they're out. Maybe. It doesn't matter. It's a TCU irrelevant. TCU lost and got in last year. I'm just saying, if if Michigan could lose, they could get in too. I think Michigan is like 98% locked in. Georgia, a little bit lower percentage because of a better opponent with Alabama. And and I will say the SEC's non conference performances this year are dog shit. Atrocious. Good. So you you so the loser of the SEC championship is what I'm saying should not be in even if it's Georgia. Crazy? No, I agree. I agree. No, I agree. And if I'm an SEC SEC fan, I'm cheering for Georgia because that that is (laughs) pow. So Georgia, Ohio State, or excuse me, Georgia, Michigan, one and two. The fireworks are three, four, five, six on Tuesday night, and then how those conference championships go. Ohio State, you're not dead. You're not. As a as a Michigan fan, I I am rooting for a Michigan win, and somehow Washington loses to Oregon, and Florida State wins, and then we can play Florida State in the first game. That's my yes. That would be what I would want if I was a Michigan fan too. I suppose we could have broke this down on the next podcast. We have one game (laughs) to break down. Oops, we kind of screwed that up. But we'll we'll have have the college football rankings so we can basically hash out all the same shit again when we record on Wednesday. We'll do it again. All right. We should probably get out of here. We I didn't think we'd record that long because we're tipsy. Uh, I had I had a feeling I might go a little long being a little yeah. sauced. And I can tell you this, I am not getting this produced tonight. No way, no hack. But I will try I'll try <laughs> to get it out early in the morning. I'll be sipping some coffee and getting this out. All right. Hey, congrats on the win, buddy. I, I would say overall, as puffy chesty and proud as you are, I I think you represented the Michigan fan base and the Eyes on Big Podcast very well. Good job. I wish we were meeting down in Indy. It would have been I know. Nice to actually put the face to face, but hey, there's maybe maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but all right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Jordan. Don't forget to ask for Amador. <laughs> Even when you're the one serving yourself, don't. And forget I will be to going for- to get another Amador <laughs> right now. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>